Chapter Twenty Five of Old Friends and New Fancies. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marianne Bodorf. Old Friends and New Fancies: An Imaginary Sequel to the Novels of Jane Austen by Sybil G. Brenton. Chapter Twenty Five. To Elizabeth and Georgiana. The events of the evening seemed like a dreadful dream. Less than an hour ago they had been sitting at their occupations, as tranquil and secure as if disaster did not exist. And now the bolt had fallen, scattering them and bringing them to each its message of terror and dismay. Georgiana felt as if it would be the hardest matter in the world to settle to any pretense of the ordinary life again, until news reached them from her brother. She longed to be able to be alone, to think it all over quietly or to go to Elizabeth, to hear the result of her appeal to Miss Crawford, and instead she was obliged to establish herself in the drawing-room with Mr. Burton, who showed no sign of wishing to go to bed, but was evidently prepared to sit up talking and drinking tea until midnight. Georgiana took out her embroidery frame, and prepared to be as agreeable a listener as she could, for she expected Elizabeth, who had gone to Miss Crawford, would come back at any minute and she really felt more than a common measure of gratitude to Mr. Bertram for the service he had rendered them. This gratitude she again endeavored to express, when Mr. Bertram began discussing the heavy state of the roads, and the consequent delays to which Darcy might be subjected. Pray do not name it, Miss Darcy. As I said, I am only too glad to have been of the slightest assistance. It was a mere chance that I was there, for I should have returned home this week but the open weather tempted me to stay on for a day or two longer. It was indeed fortunate for us, for we should have had no information until to-morrow if we had had to wait for a letter. Tom Bertram replied that he was very glad, looking into the fire in an absent-minded way that Georgiana scarcely noticed, so absorbed was she in her thoughts. She paid but little more attention when he suddenly rose, stationed himself with his back to the fire and a little nearer her, and began to speak apparently on the same topic, for, in the first few minutes, she could only gather an impression of his sharing the events following the accident, his telling Mr. Ashley that he was a friend of Colonel Fitzwilliam's, and knew all his relatives, and would be the fittest person to bear the news to them, of Mr. Ashley's heartily agreeing, and of his haste to get home and order his carriage and start. The narrative went on, Georgiana hearing very little after Leicestershire was left behind, for her thoughts had lingered with the poor sufferer there, when, with a start, she became aware that all this was directed at her, that Mr. Bertram was trying to explain that he had welcomed the opportunity of hurrying to Pemberley, because it would be doing her and her family a service, than which he could have no greater satisfaction, and because it would afford him the privilege of being in her presence once more. Georgiana, amazed and horrified, endeavored to stop him, but Tom was not to be prevented from making a speech which he had been rehearsing for at least four hours on his journey. Some words which fell from her lips, an appeal to have some respect for this sad occasion, which she had snatched at as an argument most likely to move him, were of no avail. That he could address her at such a time he immediately pointed out to be a proof of his ardor, which merited pardon by reason of its unquenchable nature, for he had intended, he explained, to wait until he came to Desborough at the end of the month, and then to have sought an interview, but his impatience to throw himself at her feet and declare his passion would brook no delay. 
nothing could have been more distasteful to georgiana than such sentiments to hear the words admiration and devotion uttered by mr bertram was not only an outrage upon the present hour occupied as it was with the gravest solicitude for the life of a friend but also upon the past when similar words had been spoken to her by william price from no one else could she bear to hear them coming from his cousin she could almost have called them an insult of course he could not know that but it almost seemed like trading upon having placed them under an obligation to him that he should presume to speak in a manner so repugnant to her too vexed to choose her words when mr bertram stopped for breath having brought his pre-oration to a close by an offer in correct form of his hand and heart she replied coldly that she was much honoured by his proposal but it was entirely out of her power to accept them bertram had not expected a favourable reply on the instant but he had hardly expected so decisive an unfavourable one he stepped forward with outstretched hands and an eager but miss darcy to which her only response was to move haughtily away and at that moment to the relief of the lady and the chagrin of the gentleman elizabeth entered the room only the good manners habitual to both could have helped them to carry off the situation tom bertram checked in one of his flights of eloquence descended to earth again with an observation on the weather and for the first few minutes the temperature and the prospects of rain were debated with great eagerness elizabeth could hardly have failed to guess what kind of interview she had interrupted and out of compassion to georgiana she soon recommended her to go to bed the young girl needed no second bidding bertram opened the door to her with great ceremony which was acknowledged by the slightest of bows and she kindly sought out the shelter of her room astonished to find that it was not more than half-past nine o'clock could it be possible that it was barely two hours since mr bertram's arrival would this interminable evening with its shocks surprises and disturbances and yet more surprises ever draw to a close georgiana was so unnerved that she sat down and shed a few tears but a few only for with such a real grief ever present she could not spare much consideration for mr bertram's unwelcome attack it had been bewildering and annoying but she was not going to worry about it he had acted on some silly impulse and could not possibly be serious he scarcely knew her a week's acquaintance and he talked of heartfelt devotion and expected her to be ready to listen to such nonsense she could not conceive what had actuated him and resented greatly that merely because he was heir to a title and fortune and had ridden forty-five miles in a great hurry he should suppose himself to be an acceptable suitor some expressions he had used showing that he was confident of having the approval of her family roused her special indignation if only she had not so unluckily been alone with him if mrs grant had not gone upstairs mrs grant georgiana started violently for until that moment she had completely forgotten the association of mr bertram with their two guests she had supposed mary's agitation to be caused merely by the news of colonel fitzwilliam and now perceived that the sight of the messenger must have been painful enough apart from all else what miserable complications had resulted from the fact that it should have been tom bertram of all their acquaintance who had happened to be hunting with the belvoir hounds that day but she could not wish his deed of kindness undone nor she believed could miss crawford or any one else whatever the present inconvenience to themselves for everything was unimportant compared to what his coming had effected and now it would not matter if only he would go away again immediately georgiana set meditating schemes by which she 
mary and mrs grant might all avoid seeing him again when a knock at her door was followed by the entrance of elizabeth yes georgiana elizabeth said smiling in response to the girl's shy glance mr bertram has made me his confidant i am sorry if you were upset my dear he seems to be afraid it was something of a surprise to you but he hopes you will take time and do him the honor of thinking it over oh no no elizabeth georgiana burst out her cheeks crimsoning i do not want time i shall not think it over i do not care for mr bertram in the least and i never shall please tell him to go away and forget all about it well my dear this is very determined he began in the wrong way i think and certainly at the wrong time but he is very anxious to be allowed to come back and set about his wooing more gradually i told him i thought you were quite unaware of his feelings so i was but i do not want to hear about them said georgiana more quietly for she was beginning to be a little ashamed of her anger i am very much obliged to mr bertram i know it is very kind of him and everything but i cannot possibly marry him are you sure it is entirely out of the question asked elizabeth you were a little startled perhaps it is true we have not seen much of him but he is very agreeable and his position is unexceptionable above all he bears a high character as far as we know and has a good heart as his action of to-day proves his cousin mr price spoke very warmly of him unless you are quite certain i think your brother would like you to give the matter a due consideration as at any other time than this you might feel more in a mood for such subjects pray pray elizabeth explained georgiana nervously do not ask me even if we were not in trouble to-day as we are it would make no difference i am sure mr bertram is excellent and amiable but i do not i cannot i hope fitzwilliam will not be angry but i dislike the idea so very much if that is so my dear georgiana you shall not be tormented about it any more i do not know if i am glad or sorry it has all happened so quickly but it is right that you should judge for yourself mr bertram will be greatly disappointed still that cannot be helped i suppose i am to be deputed to get rid of the poor man if you would be so very kind elizabeth well i must break it to him early to-morrow morning since i really think we have had agitations enough for one evening in any case i should have had to ask him to cut his visit short for from what i have heard i do not think that miss crawford would care to see him again no no indeed that must be prevented if possible and now do tell me for i have been longing for an opportunity to ask you what was the result of your conversation if i may be allowed to hear it elizabeth related briefly what had passed between them and told how her husband could scarcely believe at first that miss crawford had yielded and had voluntarily sent the message that he was asked to deliver but on being convinced of her sincerity he willingly promised that if his cousin's state permitted it he would convey to him the words of hope and comfort and would endeavor to make anything clear that fitzwilliam might not be able to understand of course we had so few minutes together said elizabeth and your brother had not thought of it all for so long he still believed that all was over between them he did not even know that she had owned to caring for him once it was difficult for him to realize that she always had cared though he did not need me to tell him what happiness it would be to poor robert to know it if he reached him in time i am so glad so very glad cried georgiana the tears of joy standing in her eyes it is as it should be my brother will see it all plainly when he thinks it over poor miss crawford how she must have suffered she did not realize it herself i suppose and that was why she would not meet him again 
I do not quite understand how it all happened, but it does not signify now. If he lives, nothing need keep them apart, and at all events, he will have her message. Nothing will make me believe that it is too late for that. This naturally led them back to a discussion of the accident, the condition of the victim, and all the changes and possibilities of the case, which could not be gone over often enough. Elizabeth at last prepared to leave the room, as the hour was late, but struck by a passing recollection. She looked back from the door to say, with a smile, I must tell you, Georgiana, that your attitude has surprised me more than Mr. Bertram's. Lately, when you have been looking so pale and unlike yourself, it has concerned me that there must be some person of whom you were thinking a great deal, with a disturbing effect. But I confess that when I interrupted you and Mr. Bertram this evening, it crossed my mind that he might be that person. Elizabeth, how could you think such a thing? exclaimed Georgiana, turning away, blushing and confused, and thankful that Elizabeth had not directly asked her whether any such person was in existence. End of chapter 25